Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Are you looking on expanding your audience through podcasting? Learn how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. Go to learnpodcastingtoday.com to learn more. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Heather Ann Carson. Heather Ann Carson is the president and co-founder of Onboardly, the ultimate people person and Pfizer vetted. Heather's focus is on cultivating relationships between brands and influencers and translating client goals into actionable campaigns through PR and influencer marketing. Dedicated to client success, Heather pours passion and insight into every client project, inspiring her team to deliver exceptional results. Her leadership philosophy is simple, inspire the people around you and anything becomes possible. She believes that results are all about hard work and genuine relationships. As a result, she has helped onboard these clients secure coverage in publications like Inc., Entrepreneur, New York Times Magazines, Forbes, The Next Web, TechCrunch, Pandu Daily, Tech Cocktail, Mashable, and many more. Women of the world, Miss Heather Ann Carson. Welcome to the show. Wow, that was that was a great introduction. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. I'm, we are delighted. I'm sure our listeners are excited as well to be hearing from you and your journey as entrepreneur. So, Heather, I really like what you're doing with Onboardly. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, the sweat equity, and the knowledge and experience to build a special business that you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, that bridge between you and our listeners. Therefore, here are some cool questions that we can talk about. So feel free to comment anytime, but these are just general questions that I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who wants to start one and have no clue how to go about them. Tell us more about your business and the idea behind that niche. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Onboardly is a labor of love for myself and for my co-founder, Renee. Um, We came together uh, about two years ago now. So, you know, for anyone that's listening, you know, this this company really hasn't been around for a really long time. But, um, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting to touch upon is, um, you know, when you find something that you love and uh, there's a market for it, uh, you know, anything's very possible within a short period of time. Um, onboardly, we consider ourselves a demand marketing agency. So most people know what marketing means. Uh, when we talk about demand marketing, um, what we're talking about is helping companies uh, who have a great product or who have a great offering. Our job is to help generate demand or generate interest in in those companies. So um, sometimes we use public relations as a tactic, other times perhaps um, blog writing or content creation uh, to do that. Sometimes it's social media, but in in the long run, lo- you know, the long and the short of it is, uh, our job is to help other companies in a similar situation to us, you know, relatively young in a high growth phase, uh, get the attention of their potential clients faster. So um, that's, you know, we're a small business. Um, you know, we're we're five people right now and a team of a team of contractors that help us out on the side, but. 
our, our focus is on small business as well. So we often think of ourselves as a startup for startups. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it, it's a pretty interesting dynamic. All right. I like what you're saying. I'm sure that go extremely well with our listeners. But let me ask you a question. What was the defining moment that prompted the business startup and made you say, this is my business? Yeah, this is my first um, solo sort of, I shouldn't say solo, I've got a business partner, but um, my first step into the official world of entrepreneurship, if you will. So um, I think you know, hopefully some people that are listening that, that haven't done this yet uh, and are thinking about it or on the fence will get something from this answer. But um, one of the things that I realized while working for another company, I was working at a great technology company, um, loved working there, a tremendous team. Um, I was their PR person, so I did basically everything related to PR for that company, but I did it from within the company. And one day I realized that, um, you know, given the fact that they were growing, they were changing, they were going through highs and lows and ups and downs, as every business does, um, it didn't seem to make sense for me anymore to be working there um, constantly focusing on public relations for this one company. I, you know, they were happily paying me and it, it, everything was working out well, but I realized that sometimes in a business you don't want PR. Sometimes in a business you need to have your head down, you need to work on a problem or fix something that maybe isn't working. It could be a technology piece, it could be a business process. And sometimes during, you know, during those low points where, you know, everyone's head down and working, you don't need someone screaming from the rooftops about how great you are. You just kind of want to be quiet for a little while. And during that realization, um, I had the feeling that it didn't make a lot of sense for them to keep me there full time. Uh, you know, there were highs and lows and during the highs, you know, leading up to a new product release or a new product feature, um, they needed a lot of PR. That, that was an integral part of their marketing strategy. But that isn't a 40-hour work week for a lot of companies in the growth phase. Uh, so what I realized from there is that I could easily manage two or three or four companies that were in their shoes, but on a scaled back capacity. So maybe four companies at 10 hours a week or three companies at 12 hours a week. And that would actually enable me, you know, using a consulting model, um, the ability to generate potentially more income um, and have more flexibility because now I'd be working for myself. So I started doing that, um, you know, about three and a half years ago across the continent. My co-founder Renee was having a really similar realization in the marketing space she was working with the same type of customers as I was looking for. She was doing a different service for them, but our target demographic was the same. Uh, you know, we met in 2011 through a mutual friend at a conference and sparked a great interest. We started talking about our individual goals. We were very like-minded, both two strong women, not wanting to work for the man. <laughs> and uh, we started uh, outsourcing little bits and pieces of um, our workload to, to each other. You know, there was some overlap in what we were doing or certainly the goals of the clients we were representing. So, uh, you know, we thought would it, it might make a little bit of sense to actually, you know, overlap and work on some projects together. Um, we loved how we were able to amplify you know, our results when we worked together. As we all know, two heads are better than one sometimes. And, uh, and then from there, the idea for Onboardly was born. We, uh, we realized that together we, we could be better. Uh, together we had the potential to scale up and get bigger and take on bigger clients and no longer just be the sum of, of two parts. And you know, now I'm happy to say we're five and we've been as much as six and we've got a team of great freelancers. We're hiring again, um, onward and upward. 
Wow, and it's really um, inspiring for you, for to from you to hear that you found a partner that aligned with you. Because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking of that one too, especially for us women. We we tend to thrive with partnerships with someone that we can work with. And I like the fact that you mentioned that you have you found a partner that who have the same, who aligns with your vision and who have the skill set that you guys complement with the kind of compliment each other so thank you for sharing that now yeah I'm it's sure interesting because we're not uh, we're not each other's boss we're not um, you know no one of us you know has a bigger position in the company we both work together really well and I think that that's something that women are particularly good at is that, that communication and making sure that everybody feels really respected and everyone has their their role for sure Absolutely. Now your business obviously has a vision to be the market leader in your industry. So what was the compelling vision for your business that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out? Well, we definitely want to be the best. There's no question about that. But um, the biggest thing that drove me personally, and I I can't speak for Renee, I think hers is very similar, but um, I wanted to be responsible for my own outcome. So I wanted to be responsible for how much money I made. I wanted to be responsible for how happy I was every day going to work. Um, you know, I wanted to be responsible with for you know how many hours I put in a week, um, how I felt when I got up in the morning going to work. And unfortunately, a lot of people when they work for other people or when they work, um, you know, in large organizations or bureaucratic organizations they aren't accountable or responsible for their own happiness. Um, they're reliant largely on you know, the culture of the organization, the people they spend their days with, uh, their boss sometimes. And you know, growing up for me, uh, you know, I grew up in a, definitely in a lower, lower, lower middle class household. Um, you know, I watched my parents work really long work weeks, um, you know, making just over minimum wage. And this isn't to, to tell a sad story, but I do remember sitting at the kitchen table as a young young person or you know just preteen kind of age with my parents who um, basically had all the grocery flyers out at the table and this this is one of those moments that that sort of defines everything I've, I've tried to do uh, with my life but they had the grocery circulars out on the table and they basically said all right we've got two weeks and a hundred bucks and I remember them saying um, you know, they were always so transparent about how much money we did or didn't have, and um, you know, I respected them immensely for that. But at the same time, uh, you know, I never wanted that to be me. Uh, so I, there's kind of two lessons that I took away from that that really are the vision for for where what what drives me to to be, like I said earlier in the interview, the very best at what we're doing. And um, you know, one is that I know now um, that you can feed a family on you know, dollars a week, very few dollars a week. Um, it is possible. Tons of people do it every day. Um, so, but you need to be able to, you know, you don't need a lot of it is what I, was, what I guess I'm trying to say is if you've got extra money, you don't need it all necessarily. You can feed yourself on, on very little. Um, reinvest some of that money in yourself and take risks. And that's what we did with Onboardly. Um, didn't pay ourselves for several months. Uh, took just enough to, you know, pay the bills and eat, you know, eat, but um, you know, we didn't you know capitalize on frivolous things. We you know we weren't buying five dollar coffees when we got started, and that was fine. Um, you know, my parents didn't have that opportunity, but but we do. I find in this in this world where everything is so web based, there's so much more opportunity for people to take chances. Um, and then the other lesson is to really surround yourself with people who aren't in it for the money, um, because as we all know, that comes and goes. And to me, it's um, I want to work for a company. I want to create a company that 
is changing the world in a small way. And, you know, for us, it's creating a more desirable lifestyle for myself, my team, my family, a place where people can get up every day excited, where you can work from anywhere. Our company is amazing. You can, as long as you have a laptop and an internet connection, we've built our, our workforce around being able to do it from anywhere in the world. So if you want to spend a summer in China <laughs> and are willing to work the back shift, by all means, you know, our staff can do it. And I think that um, the vision that we have is an amazing lifestyle. Um, reinvesting, our, you know, any of the capital that we have um, that's in excess back in the success of the company and the success of our team. And, you know, if we can keep doing that, I, th I think we will be successful. Wow, you have touched upon your compelling vision down to the personal qualities that help you to succeed. And I'm sure our listeners were really glued into listening, uh, especially about this story that you've shared, because I can totally relate to that as well. Um, having come from a low-income family where I saw my parents, and I think that's what helped shape who I am, where I am today, because I... I believe in her. I appreciate the hard work that they did, and, and we experienced that as well. And I think that was the big thing that helped me get where I am today. So I appreciate you sharing your story, and I'm sure our listeners can relate to that as well. Now, you've shared your vision. You've shared some of those personal qualities that help you to succeed by, with, for example, like what you said about living freely and to invest uh, your money with your, for yourself and for the business and surrounding yourself with like-minded people. Those are huge um, personal qualities that, you know, it, it is a skill that we can all develop. And for those who entrepreneurs who are thinking to be one or who are already entrepreneurs, we can all learn from what Heather have just shared. So let's touch about, about a... You know, what, what happened when you started your journey? You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And I'm sure you are no stranger to challenges as evidenced by some of the things that I've read about your business. Now, to get through those challenges takes a very special person and our audience wants to know that special person in you. So if you can share with them what have been your biggest challenges and what mm -hmm. enabled you besides those personal qualities that you mentioned earlier to overcome those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? Yeah, there's, there's two that I'll touch upon. Um, the first one is remaining optimistic. Um, you know, you're not always going to have great days. And I think that optimistic is so critical, uh, or optimism rather, is so critical into turning ideas into reality. You know, I don't want to single her out, but we recently hired a new person. If she's listening, Jill, this is for you, honey. But she, within the first few weeks, said the words, I suck. And I counted them about 20 times. And I said, you know, I took her aside and I said, Jill, I love you, but let me tell you a story. If you really believe that you suck, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't work here. And I didn't say it in a way to threaten her, and I wasn't trying to say get out. But what I was trying to say was, you know, this might sound harsh, but we don't have room in this company. We're only five people. We don't have room for people who don't believe in themselves. And I said, we gave you the job because you are so talented. Now, don't prove me wrong by telling me that you don't think you are. And she really, she's looked at me and she said, oh, my gosh, you're right. Um, and I, I haven't heard I suck since. And, you know, we've replaced it with I'm not experienced in this. Can you help me with this? I think I might need some guidance here. And she's come such a tremendous way. So I think, you know, for women in general, don't just paint yourself with the brush that says I'm not good at something. You don't know how to do it yet. It's not that you're not good at it. You just need to work on it. So that's the first thing, um, you know, squash that negative person and tell her just to go away. She doesn't have a place in your life. And then the other one is, you know, 
as much as I love people, my leadership style is 100% rooted in connecting with other people. Uh, my team will always say I'm the first one to do a funny dance in the office to make someone laugh or remember someone's birthday or take them one-on-one -on -one for coffee. But you can't always be everyone's best friend every day either. And that's a lesson that I've learned the hard way. Um, you know, definitely, definitely, definitely treat your people like gold. They're your most valuable resource. But sometimes a little bit of business conflict is an okay thing. And sometimes it's okay to play the devil's advocate sometimes. So I always say, don't be a me too person. Um, be really kind, go out of your way to make people's life a little bit better, but at the same time, don't become a doormat. And I think, you know, in business, it's very easy to just go, oh, you know, me too, I, I guess I agree. Or, um, you know, someone presents an idea and, and, you know, they say, oh, yeah, okay, well, if you think so, don't be a me too person, stand up for yourself. Um, you know, don't, no one's going to excel by being a me too person or for selling me too ideas. Um, step out of your comfort zone push yourself regularly, argue with a colleague if you don't agree, push back on a client if you think that the project is, isn't going to help them on their goals. Um, you know, I think that's, that's the true make of a strong business person, is staying optimistic, not getting down on themselves, and being willing to fight for their, their ideas. That's, that's a long-winded answer, but I think those two things are really important. Absolutely, and you touched upon those the, the very important um, uh, topics that are really, I'm sure, our listeners um, can relate to, especially uh, these, you know, like remaining optimistic. I like that one you said about turning those negative thoughts into positive. Because you're right, you know, if we keep on saying these these negative thoughts in our mind or negative words, you know, that instead of instead of keep repeating those ones, because maybe it will, they won't become real. So instead of doing that, <laughs> paraphrase them. Or I like when you said about saying it uh, in a more positive way rather than the negative way. And I'm sure our listeners um, learn something about you know, with that one. And also we are being kind and, you, you know, going the extra mile, but at the same time maintaining that thin line between, you, you know, not being the... the, the always be the, the person that they can go to or it has to be like a thin line between a personal and business um, so I like I like that one that you, you share so I appreciate that you're sharing that one but let's talk about how you maintain mental fitness focus and work-life balance you know this is a topic that I'm sure a lot of uh, our listeners who are contemplating on starting an, a business or who are already in business are struggling with so, you know uh, as to myself as well, maintaining this mental fitness and focus and work-life balance, you know, plays a key factor day in and day out. And I'm sure this could mean many things to many people. Now, in the business realm, for example, the ability to stay focused is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is really how to click on and click off and create that work-life balance, particularly if you have a family. So. That begs me to ask, how do you look upon your business as a means to balance your life after work? Or do you carry work through your life? You know, our listeners would really like to know your perspective about this. Yeah, I'm a, there's a lot of things I do to help kind of keep 
try to keep my mind sharp. It's not always as sharp as I would like, of course. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of a few things. Love, love food, love cooking. Um, it's my biggest passion, um, particularly healthy food. I'm a big, you know, big, I'm, I'm very keen on finding ways to take things that um, maybe aren't the healthiest and try to make them a little healthier. So that, that's kind of my passion. I also do yoga. I love CrossFit and different athletic things. But, um, you know, you asked about my philosophy on it. Um, I don't... I don't turn off work at the end of the day and go home. I try to turn it off a few hours here and a few hours there. And during those times, you really just have to give yourself permission to step away. Um, you know, when you're growing a business, I, I don't really call it work-life balance. I kind of call it work-life melds because it all blends together. But I think as long as you love what you're doing, it certainly makes um, thinking about your job or your work or your business or your opportunity um, a little bit easier on you when you step outside of the work environment. So, you know, it, it makes it a little bit more fun to have that in the back of your brain. And, and admittedly, I do have it on, the, you know, on my mind all the time uh, to some extent. But um, I think, you know, I know in particular with my business partner, um, we both really get the balance side of things. She's got two small children. Um, you know, I know at night uh, she's she's 100% dedicated to her family, and she needs to be for you know at least a few hours while the kids are up and around, and you know, she needs to take care of dinner and all the rest of it. Um, you know, I think showing that to her and her showing me the same. Um, I don't have children, but in a very similar kind of capacity, I have interests um, that maybe aren't the same as hers. And, you know, she shows me that it's okay to take the time away. I show her that it's, it's okay to take the time away. And I think that's really important if you're in a partnership or you're in a group environment. Um, we constantly stress to our team members, you know, don't feel like you have to reply to that email all of the time. If it's an emergency, I will call you. If it's not an emergency, it might be in your inbox and so just leave it there <laughs> and address it when you want to do the work. I just think that communication is really important um, in those scenarios. What are the expectations um, you know, on ourselves and on others? Um, and then just always take the time. Family is the most important thing we have. Um, family and friends, all the intangibles are so precious in life and we only have so many days on this earth. So you know, make sure that if you're doing a job um, and you need to find balance that you can do it healthily and happily or else it's not worth doing at all. Absolutely. And I think that's the, that's the key point here for our listeners, you know, this work-life balance that we all seems like it's unachievable for uh, being in business. But you know what? It is how you schedule your time. So, for example, when you are working on your business, you are present and focused on that one. And then when you are with your family, if you have family, then you are focused on that and be present with them. And like, for example, what, what uh, Heather was saying, give yourself permission to take that time uh, that you need. But at the same time, of course, it is hard when you have a business because we are so passionate about working on our business that we tend to, you know, time flies so quickly but at the same time it's really important to schedule your time and schedule your priorities and make time for those priorities that you have at the same because that's why we are in business anyway to have this flexibility <laughs> to enjoy exactly that. exactly yeah. I always say if you're you know a lot of our staff are young people so pretty much everyone's in their 20s and early 30s and you know one of the things I asked the other day a girl came to me and she said I'm having a hard time coming up with great ideas and I, I looked at her, I said, well, what have you been doing over the last week? And she showed me your schedule and she said, she's basically been working nonstop for the better part of five or six days, you know, right into the evening. And I said, you know why you're not coming up with great ideas? It's because you're not stepping outside of work enough to know what is even on the other side of day-to-day -day grind. So my advice was 
stop thinking about trying to find great ideas, take the night off, don't think about work, and I bet you anything, tomorrow morning you'll have a good idea. And sure enough, she managed to disconnect enough that, you know, she actually saw outside of this gray kind of everyday grind enough to have a bit of fun, and something came to her. So, you know, just give yourself permission. I think that's the biggest piece of advice. That is so true. Now let's switch gears and talk about your success. You know, your business financially appears to be doing quite well. And with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now we'd like to also say that success is a mindset. You know, I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. Now in your journey as entrepreneur, What's your feelings about success and what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? Um, yeah, uh, my measurement of success has very, very little to do with dollars in a bank account. Of course, I like the idea of having, um, you know, the comfort level of not worrying, you know, on the opposite side. I don't want to worry about not being able to make, you know, make our mortgage payments. And I don't want to worry about, um, you know, not being able to put gas in my car. So, you know, there's a certain level of of success or comfort that comes with um, a bit of financial stability, but I don't consider that that the, the qualifier of success. To me, the qualifier of success is is really easy. It's how happy are the people that I'm working with. So if our clients are really really pleased with our work and they're willing to tell other people about it, to me that's a win. If our staff is excited, if when I walk into work, they're smiling and they're saying. Hey Heather, how's it going? How was your weekend? How was your day? And they mean it. I consider that to be a job well done. Um, you know, as long as the people around me are content, if they're inspired, if they're doing their best work, um, you know, that's a job well done, and that's how I measure success. Um, of course, I like I love a good challenge, so um, it's always interesting to see. You know, my challenge myself to to hit a revenue target or to hit a sales goal or um, to do something amazing or accomplish something tremendous for a client, and and that would certainly be success. But, you know, it, long and the short of it, if, if I had the freedom to still do what I love to do every day and the people around me are enjoying what they're doing every day, that, that's it. That, that, that really is all that's important to me in the grand scheme. Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, if what makes you happy is what's, what's important. And, of course, the revenue, the money, it, it's part of being in business. But at the end of the day, it is what it is what transcends beyond. It transcends beyond just the numbers. It is what makes you happy. If you if you are making a difference to other people, that's really the bench your benchmarks for success. The intangible um, benefits coming from that. So for our listeners out there, of course, if you're thinking of going to business, it it, it is. You know, one of one of, of the goals in being business is to generate revenue. But at the same time, when you reach a certain point, a certain level, you transcend beyond that. So you see yourself that what matters at the end of the day is that you are making a difference to someone else's life. So thank you for your take on that. Now let's talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice to other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience. So take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first back. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you're headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? Oof. Three. Okay. Um, number one, <laughs> uh, 
something I learned the hard, not the hard way. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't, I was lucky we didn't have any kind of crisis, but it was certainly something I didn't know anything about when I first got started. And I would recommend anybody take a basic class or figure this out somehow, <laughs> talk to an expert, um, but always have a really good grasp of your three, six, 12 month cash flow. Um, absolutely critical to success. Cash flow can make or break a company. Um, you know, not being a math person or a numbers person isn't really an excuse. Get a good bookkeeper, invest in an accountant that you trust. Um, learn how to make basic cash flow projections and manage a basic sales pipeline. So that that's the first one, hands down, because it, and it sounds so boring and it's not very holistic, but it's such an important piece. Um, the second one would be always reinvest. Um, responsibly in your business. So I say responsibly, don't blow all your cash flow on a brand new website until you can afford it. But um, you know, when I was a consultant, I tried to sell 50 hours a week of my time and all it was was exchanging time for money. And it caused a little bit of early burnout. So I'd say hire people that can do things better and faster than you. Um, absolutely no shame in writing yourself out of a job. We don't want a job anyway. Remember, we want a business, we want a legacy. So um, I used to work, you know, in my in the business, if you will, eighty or ninety percent of the time, and since I've shifted to about twenty percent, and that feels great. So I've reinvested by hiring really smart people, um, and then the rest of my time is spent on growing the business, on sales, on partnership calls, marketing, doing great interviews like this one, um, you know, and increasing the success of our clients and hiring and those types of things. So that's that's two, and number three would probably be. Um, again, I mentioned it before, but I just think it's so important. It's definitely my top three is to always, always, always be optimistic, almost to a point where people think you're a little crazy. Um, just don't tell yourself no. Um, you know, it takes passion, persistence, uh, you know, eternal optimism to really be special in my opinion. Um, no one wants to follow a Debbie Downer around. And in the early days, especially when you don't have um, hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay staff, you need to motivate them. Um, different ways. So you need to motiv motivate them by being inspiring. You need to motivate them to, to follow you um, during a time that's maybe a little risky for them to hop, you know, hop into a new business alongside you. So, um, you know, get a good grasp of cash flow, always re reinvest back in your business and hire amazing people and keep your optimism up, even on days when you don't want to. <laughs> uh, remember, you've got people watching you every day and, and counting on you to, uh, to keep them up huge takeaways and I'm sure our listeners are glued listening to those advice and tips that you've just shared with them. So thank you for being generous in sharing those. Now, what's one favorite uh, business tool or resource or an app that you use in your business that's radically changing the way you do business? I don't know if it's as radical, but it definitely is really useful. And in case you have slightly more traditional users that aren't familiar with this, I wanted to, to make sure that I, uh, I put this out there. Um, the entire Google Apps organization manages our business. So our whole business is run on the cloud. Um, it makes it so easy for me to just, as long as I've got my little laptop, an iPhone, maybe a headset, a network connection, I can check my email, I can do my calendar, I can sync documents back and forth with my, uh, with my colleagues and my clients. We work in real time and collaborate through, you know, Google Docs and Excel spread or Google spreadsheets um, that are similar to an Excel spreadsheet. And, um, you know, that whole organization costs us, you know, 50 or so dollars a month. But, you know, that investment makes gives me the flexibility in my life that I want to have and in the life of, of everyone that works at our company. So I think that that is just a tremendous resource, um, resource tool, stra strategy for um, particularly small business growth. Um, 
you know, the cloud's as secure as most servers these days, so I think you're generally safe there. Um, I also treat my inbox as a to-do list. A lot of people do not do this and they think I'm crazy, but I archive absolutely everything except for the things I have to do. Um, and so as a big believer in that inbox zero kind of philosophy, I have a, a neat little app for my iPhone. It's called Mailbox. Um, it replaces the traditional mail app that the iPhone has. And uh, it allows me to either look at everything on my list or in the, my list being my, inbo my inbox and I either do it, I defer it to somebody or I defer it to later rather. I delegate it to someone who's better equipped to handle it or I delete it because it's not it's trash or it's you know junk or just an inquiry that makes no sense. So um, very pragmatic about treating my inbox like a to-do list and just crossing stuff off as, as efficiently as I can. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And you know, entrepreneurs are wide readers. So can you recommend one book that our listeners can get that will help them grow personally and professionally? Absolutely. I just started listening to, so I'm only three quarters through. So I'm going to make a recommendation even though I'm not done, but I know you guys are going to love it. Um, it's uh, Simon Sinek's new book. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's Leaders Eat Last. Um, as you know, I'm a big proponent in um, you know, helping motivate and inspire other people. And um, he looks at leadership and culture in a really interesting way. He says, give your team everything they need to be successful, almost to the point of like, being in spite of your own needs, and it'll pay you back in the long run tenfold. So um, I have it on audiobook, which makes, you know, traveling on a plane a little bit more relaxing and sometimes just listening for an hour or two in the background when I'm cleaning or doing dishes or things around the house. Um, so uh, check it out if you haven't heard of it yet. It just came out a couple months ago, so pretty good one. And what's one favorite business success quote that you can leave our listeners with today? Uh, so cliche. This is not new to anybody, but I'm a big believer. I ask myself this every day. Um, you know, Am I treating other people the way I want to be treated? And that's just a very classic business. It's a life quote, but uh, it, apply, it applies to both. Um, never ask someone to do something that you wouldn't do yourself, um, which is probably why I'm, I was the one plunging the toilet the other day at the office. But uh, <laughs> I, I really think that uh, if you're not, uh, people won't follow you, people won't be inspired if, you, uh, if you're not willing to do the dirty work alongside everybody. Yes, that's, that's universal uh, life, life and success quote, like we said, because I believe in that when you say the quote that says, do unto others that wish you don't want others to do unto you. So, you know, that's exactly. Really, yeah, that's really nice. So, last but not the least, Heather, in my mind, you are a superhero, or shall I say, superheroine, because you've done this, you've done that, but you've also experienced a lot of challenges that our listeners definitely relate. So if you were a superhero or superheroine, who is your favorite and why? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I keep really busy, but I think as busy as I am, it absolutely pales in comparison to my friends who are both full-time moms and business owners. I'm really, really proud that I'm a stepmother of two college-age kids. So there's lots of adventures with them, but aside from them coming home for a hot meal here and there, they're pretty self-sufficient. You know, they, they take care of themselves, but my co-founder Renee, my best friend Hannah, they both either run or manage um, a growing company. They do it while they're juggling motherhood, sleep deprivation, kids under four, um, you know, my co-founder has two kids under two, my best friend has a, a child who's just four, but all the things that that comes along with, um, it definitely pulls you in a million directions. So for superheroines, if you will, um, my hat absolutely goes off to the working moms. I work and I'm surrounded by them every day. 
um, and women just like them that are fighting the same good fight. I just say, and, and, and single, you know, single dads and, you know, that kind of thing. But I just love the working moms. They're, uh, they're killing it in so many ways. And, uh, I just want to take the opportunity to give a shout out to those girls who, um, who I know personally, but I know there's just, there's thousands upon thousands of them out there doing the same thing. So keep, keep going girls. Absolutely. <laughs> Renee and Hannah and to all the working moms are there. We salute you. You guys are superheroine or superwomen, shall we call them? And we There we go. <laughs> absolutely. Now share our listeners what's the best way that they can connect with you and kinda watch how you grow and succeeding more so that they can serve as an example for our own efforts and we we all can be more than we are today. Awesome. I would love anyone that hears this and is interested in chatting more. By all means, reach out. I'm on Twitter at Heather Ann, so H-E-A-T-H-E-R-A-N-N-E. I'm sure it'll be linked up in the interview. Or email me anytime, uh, heather at onboardly.com. You can check out onboardly.com. That's our website for more information on what we do. And you can find a little bio on me and definitely connect uh, from me there. Read some of my blog posts. Um, But, you know, love to hear from anybody that's got questions or thoughts or Thinks I'm crazy. That's fine too. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, please take advantage. That'd be awesome. Awesome, awesome. And by the way, to our listeners who were not able to jot down those resources and the links that Heather just shared with us, don't worry. I'm gonna have them available in a beautiful infographic show notes at today'sleadingwomen.com. All you have to do is type in the name Heather Ann Carson on the search bar, and it will find it for you. So Heather. Thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. You know, women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you so much. It's such a wonderful opportunity to chat with you. Podcasting is taking the world by storm. If you are a marketer and not using this platform, your business is missing out on a big opportunity to reach a wider audience. Find out how you can create, grow, and monetize your podcast and take your podcasting skills from novice to experts. Go to learnpodcastingtoday.com now. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.